0: Do you want to talk about books? Yeah! Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up a well-read life. In the last episode, I spoke with Mez Bloom about the writing process behind her brilliant new book, Churchill Socks. This week, I want to dig deeper into the story, hopefully without giving too much away. As an added incentive for you to read the book. It's one of the best books I've read this year, and when I find a good book, I can't help wanting to share it. Who didn't dream of being a spy as a child? I first caught the spying bug after reading Harriet the Spy with my sister. At once, I felt a kinship with Harriet and her spy notebook. Here was, in book form, permission—at least I took it as such—to indulge my propensity for nosiness. Armed with a notebook and pen, my sister, best friend, and I would covertly follow a route through our neighborhood collecting notes on our neighbors. We even thought up code names for them. There were the taciturn neighbors, who we rarely saw out of doors, and never without sunglasses, even in the twilight hours. And the neighbor with a passion for burning things, who on more than one occasion caught the woods behind our neighbor's house on fire. These activities were jotted down in our notebook as we traversed the neighborhood on our missions. What must our neighbors have thought of us? For us, these adventures provided the ability to satiate our desire for adventure, allowing our imagination to flourish, not to mention providing us with some very much needed time outdoors in the fresh air. All very worthwhile things, but we were probably a nuisance to our neighbors nonetheless. My vanity will not allow me to think our endeavors went unnoticed. They were hours of innocent fun and entertainment, but even in this, something felt off. Something vital was missing. Our endeavors lacked the opportunity to be of service to others. And without it, our work felt slightly shallow, akin to gossip. Deep down, I desired for our play to mean something, that it was worthwhile work. And I think it was the same for my sister and friend. There was an innate desire to do something heroic, something with purpose and import on these missions. Maybe, just maybe, our alertness would save the neighborhood from a fire but the opportunity never afforded itself. Deep down, I knew that this was also missing from Harriet the Spy. All of Harriet's spying and note collecting only managed to alienate her friends. Like us, her work was of little service to others. But what was lacking in Harriet's world can be found in Churchill's socks, where not only can you find spies in danger, but also heroism in even the youngest of children. What would I have given to have this book to read as a child? I would have read and reread it many times over, I'm sure, until portions were committed to memory and the characters were as familiar as old friends. Churchill's Socks is the story of 13 year old Ivy Briscoe, her friend Teddy, a wealthy evacuee from London, and Ivy's younger siblings, Kenny and Esme, who she lovingly calls the Imps, and the children's involvement in the war effort. Imagine, if you will, a world in which children are spies, actual spies, entrusted with missions by their country. And then tell yourself that such things really happened to children during the Second World War in Britain. And then imagine the courage and bravery of these children who faced an unparalleled evil in their world with courage and conviction. In Churchill's Socks, we are given the story, in fiction form, of what these brave children faced during World War II. There are no fantastical elements to the story. None are needed. Although it may be difficult to believe, given the character's tender ages, the circumstances and danger which they find themselves in happened to children over 80 years ago. The book opens with a cozy scene in the Briscoe home as England is on the verge of entering the war. The Briscoes are a large and happy family. Mr. Briscoe is a country doctor, Mrs. Briscoe a former nurse, Ernie the eldest is a university student, Vera, the oldest daughter, beautiful and intelligent, then Ivy, the heroine of the story, not yet sure where she fits into the world, next Kenny, who loves sweets, and lastly, the youngest, tender-hearted Esme. It is Ivy's 13th birthday, which marks a turning point in her life. She is allowed, like her brother and sister before her, to stay up and join the adults as they listen to the news and sip sherry. On the wireless that night, The announcement comes that Great Britain has entered the war against Germany, and it is in this moment that Ivy's cozy world is changed. At first glance, there is nothing extraordinary about Ivy, but that is precisely what makes her such a compelling and endearing heroine. I am sure many young girls will see themselves in Ivy. I can definitely see my younger self in her. Because of this, there is a deep connection and empathy to Ivy. Although an ordinary child, the circumstances which she finds herself in are quite extraordinary. Just as she is beginning to navigate the confusing world of adolescence, the world around her descends into chaos and war. The Briscoe family as a whole share a deep conviction to do what they can for king and country. They are a family who take duty and responsibility seriously. So each member of the family looks for ways to help. Ernie enlists in the RAF. Vera joins the WAF. Mr. Briscoe's wartime medical experience is needed to train the Army, and Mrs. Briscoe volunteers to drive an ambulance and takes over the medical practice while Mr. Briscoe is away. Ivy desperately wants to help, too, but her efforts in fundraising for the war effort fall flat. In spite of this, Ivy is determined to serve in some capacity. Though fictional, Ivy Briscoe exemplifies a call to courage. Teddy, too, and Ivy's younger siblings. Their world is embroiled in a time of war, and there is not a man, woman, or child in their village who does not feel the effects of it. And in the true wonder that is a child, the children refuse a passive response to the war, and instead search for some way to help. It just so happens that this will lead them on the adventure of their lives, placing them in more danger than they could have imagined. Without giving too much away, the children become part of a special operations unit, which involves all sorts of spy work, codes, and early morning rides to the country to dead letter drops. It isn't work for the faint of heart and demands real sacrifice and acts of heroism, all with the knowledge that they may never be publicly recognized for their service. They are sworn to keep their contribution to the war a secret for most of their lives. Throughout their adventure, the children encounter real evil and the threat that the world they know may disappear, but the children remain stalwart and undaunted in hope all while maintaining a deep friendship. The friendship of the children make up the heart of the book. Ivy and Teddy could never do this work alone. They need each other to stay in the fight. These two characters are exactly the type of friends I would have hoped for as a child. As you know from the last episode, Teddy is one of my personal favorite characters. His easygoing manner, happy demeanor, and generosity would put anyone at ease. His knowledge of aircraft and military protocol are an asset to the children's wartime service. He and Ivy make a fine pair, and their friendship and camaraderie is a delight to read. I appreciate how conflict is portrayed in the book as well. Tempers flare and there are some big misunderstandings. The emotional tone is pitch perfect and captures what it is like to be at odds with your closest friend when all seems out of sorts until there is resolution. It is a little heartbreaking that they don't get to spend the remainder of their childhood playing and romping in the countryside, allowing their imagination to run wild and inventing all the adventures that are dear to the world of childhood. The war takes that from them. The bravery and willingness to serve their countrymen that Ivy and Teddy share is not without sacrifice. They don't bemoan their loss or wallow in self-pity, though. The children have counted the cost and are willing to take the risk. The courage of children sometimes astounds me. It is a trait that can be astonishing at any age, I suppose. It rarely comes naturally, and usually carries with it something grave that is at stake, and rarely happens without sacrifice. It is a wonder that anyone rises to the occasion when faced with danger and peril. But it is especially a wonder in children. The world is so large, and their place in it so helpless. They are more at risk the epitome of vulnerability. So it is a marvel when we see them boldly stand up to fear. For as you know, true courage is never without fear. Children may stand up to small things, an especially fearful nightmare, a new school where they have no friends, or large, a parent's illness, or the passing away of a loved one, or the evils of war. If, when I was a child, I was put in the shoes of Ivy or Teddy, or the lovable imps, would I have exhibited the courage they do? Would I have been willing to risk my life as these children did? I wonder. To be full of bravado while imagining one's response to danger is very different from living in it. I have long since outgrown my Harriet the Spy notebook. That interest probably only lasted a season. And I have long since retired any hopes of being a spy. But what I have not outgrown is my admiration of the bravery and courage of those who served in such work. I never tire of their stories, and occasionally I will find a book which tells their story in a beautiful and riveting way. Churchill's Socks is one such book. It is full of adventure, bravery, truth, mystery, a dash of tongue-in-cheek humor, and a deep empathy to the emotions of childhood. The heroine and hero are lovable, at times maddening, They are perfectly imperfect and utterly and delightfully real. It immerses one in the history of World War II seamlessly and carries with it a feeling of one being alive and present in the time. And it isn't a book just for children. Adults will find themselves caught up in it as well. The characters remain with you. They are the ones that you can spend hours with, completely captivated by their world and story. The only squabble I have is that it wasn't written sooner but perhaps it is best. Perhaps it is the perfect book for the current generation of children to read. Perhaps these unforgettable characters will fill the hours and days of today's children with the story of their heroism and bravery and inspire a new generation to emulate them, honoring the legacy of these children's lives. And perhaps it will have the pride of place on one such child's bookshelf. And years from now, when they are grown, they will pass on the story To their own children. Read this book if you crave adventure. Read it if you are a fan of history and enjoy a good mystery to solve. Read it for its humor. Read it for its true depiction of human nature, the emotions which drive us, and also the humility to admit that we are wrong. Read it for its heart. Read it to be reminded how important friendship is and how we are never meant to fight alone. Read it for a story about courage and how even ordinary children can rise above fear and change the world around them. Well, that's all for this week. I'll be back soon with a new episode. In the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at wellreadbeth. Until next time.